The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Howdy, howdy, generators, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 239. Um, Going to send it out to another one of our listeners, Garge, who gave me compliments on the show, um, said that my co-host's enthusiasm makes the podcast very exciting. So there you go. So lucky I have an enthusiastic co-host because I am not enthusiastic at all. At least, <laughs> at least not, not the way I talk. Um, I'm just here. Just here to to crack uh, sly jokes and see if that enthusiastic co-host of mine actually laughs at them. So um, <laughs> enough nonsense. Oh, I'm Jeff Chalks Fox. Hi. Uh, good to see you. Good to hear you. Good for letting us into your ear holes again. This is a fantastic intro. It's really going well. Um, we do have a big show for you here. We're going to do all the prelim fights for this weekend's UFC 281, which is the uh, Octagon's yearly November visit to the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Gardens in New York City. Um, so this will be the prelims tomorrow. Thursday will be the main card, our props, par- any props, parlays, recommended plays, all that fun stuff. So uh, without further ado, we do have, what, nine fights to break down. And that enthusiastic host of mine does like to to give you lots of info on these fights. So we better bring <laughs> him in and get going here. Um, you may have heard him snicker a couple times already. He's uh, the one known as the Gumby God. He that got trotted out again in the sports gambling podcast.com slash discord. Uh, recently, he was called the Gumby God once again. It's Daniel Vreeland. Hello, yeah. I like uh, I like being called the Gumby God again. I like uh, I like people noting my enthusiasm. I appreciate that. Uh, yep. that's, that's real nice stuff. And uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad people that, that comes across. I'm glad people think I'm enthusiastic. Oh, so it's it's fake is what you're saying. I'm not saying it's fake. I'm just saying that, like, you know, it's it's nice that people uh, th- notice I'm being enthusiastic as well. Yeah, maybe notice rather than and see it. Yeah. Are you enthusiastic, enthusiastic about UFC 281? I am. This is a great card. <laughs> is there a lot of household names on this card, Dan? There's so many household names. Matt <laughs> Frivola. Actually, actually is a few. <laughs> Matt Steamroller Frivola. He was on the Top Turtle MMA podcast this past week. Another or yeah, this this actual week, not past week, that Gumby um, Gumby hosts that as well. I heard the steamroller being interviewed on that, as well as Julio Arce. Yeah, and those are two of the first three fights we're talking about. Look at that. Will Gumby betray these nice men that uh, volunteered their time to be on his show? We'll see. We shall see. Um, we probably should crack into it because, uh, like I said, we got as of now before. We're bound to lose a few of these fights because that's just the way it seems to work. I guess not as often as it did in the past there. When we first started off the show, it was like nonstop, right? We'd break down fights and they disappear. Yeah, that that happened right around, like we started recording this during the pandemic, right? Like this is, uh, yeah, it was prime time for fights canceled. So yes, uh, yeah, no, no, we're, we're much better now. 
Yeah. So we got 14 fights, nine we'll be breaking out here for you. So once again, USC 281, November 12th, Madison Square Gardens, New York City, New York. As Gumby let us know last podcast, the tickets are ridiculously expensive. <laughs> They're guy, really, so. really bad. <laughs> yes. So instead of blowing money on that, you can uh, give money to your bookie and uh, hopefully they'll give you more money back. Well, that's what we're here to do. Try to help you with that. So we're going to start with the early prelims, ESPN Plus, UFC Fight Pass. I forgot to check the time. What time is it starting? Six, like he usually does, I think. Actually, I, I, I believe I believe you're correct on that. Yes. Yeah. I, I remember uh, for the Pick'em contest I run on my uh, Substack, moneymma.substack.com. We'll get that in right now. Uh, get in there. Get in the Pick'em contest. The deadline is 6 p.m. on Saturday, as we just, as we just uh, confirmed. All right, we're starting off with a... Nice fight. This is actually a good matchup. A, a matchup I had to think long and hard on on my pick. Maybe not long and hard, but I did have to put some more some thought into it uh, more than uh, than some of the other fights in the card. It is light heavyweights. Carlos Allberg versus Nikolai Nagumaranu. We'll tell you about Nagumaranu first. He is 13 and one, eight knockouts, three submissions. Never been finished in a fight. Four and one in the UFC. He's won four straight fights after dropping his UFC debut. Last fight was a TKO win. He has not lost since March of 2019. He was a regional champ before this. He used to fight up at heavyweight. He also was a wrestling champ. He's got an inch of reach on Allberg, four years younger than him. Uh, over his five UFC fights, he has been outstruck. Um, he's Surprisingly, he's he's been so successful. He's been outstruck by almost two strikes a minute. It's uh, a strike differential minus 1.9 per minute. So that means he's his opponents have landed 1.9 more strikes per minute than he has over his five-fight UFC career. That's a stat I like to use. Uh, throughout uh throughout my breakdown so now you know what it means uh plus 110 is the number on the board for him carlos black jag alberg does he drive a black jag do we have confirmation i don't, I don't think so i think that's more of a commentary on his physique i think that's the idea okay fair enough fair enough uh five and one with three knockouts so both these guys have only lost one time he's been knocked out one time he is two and one in the ufc he also is a guy who lost his debut and then won two straight. And he also won his last fight via TKO. So a lot of uh, similarities between the two guys here. He was 1-0 and in the Contender Series. So yeah, he definitely can't afford a Black Jag. If he started off in the Contender Series, he's not making any money. Um, he's fought at, <laughs> fight at heavyweight as well. 2011, he's been a pro MMA fighter. Um, but I think, what, he fought once, right? And then he went back to kickboxing, right? I think he was Yeah, he, like he fought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it was like a six-year layoff in there. Yeah. So he started in 2011, but didn't really start proper, I think, till around 15, 16, 17. He's 19-2 as a kickboxer, 1-0 as a pro boxer, four, four inches taller than Nagumaranu. Striking stats in his favor, and he's almost two and a half times more active landing strikes than Nagumaranu is. Now, uh, I told you Nag- Nagumaranu, fun name, uh, gets outstruck almost uh, by almost two strikes a minute. Alberg, total opposite. He outstrikes his UFC opponents and contender series. It counts, so we're talking... Uh, his one contender series fight and three UFC fights, almost five strikes a minute, plus 4.96 strikes per minute. Maybe the biggest number uh, we've had since I started tracking this few, a few months ago. So anyhow, he really outstrikes his opponents is what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, grappling stats, surprisingly, are also in his favor um, over Nagamaranu. Uh, minus 130. After that long resume reading off, I will let Gumby uh, give you his pick. I'm going to go with Carlos Alberg on this one. I, uh, you know, originally I was thinking Nugumaranu, and actually I think the books originally had Nugumaranu as a favorite too. Um, but as the money came in further and further on Alberg, I, I thought more and more about this fight. And the, the biggest 
deterrent here for me picking Nagumaranu is I'm a little bit worried about his gas tank in the first place. Like, he, he does look a little bit more weathered and tired as the fight goes on. In fact, if you go back to his debut, which granted was quite a while ago, he, he looked really spent in the late rounds in that fight. And in addition to that, Alberg has got pretty good takedown defense uh, and, and is going to be a much stronger striker in this fight, not just because he's got the kickboxing background, but because he, like, does a lot of things correct. Um, whereas, like, Nagumaranu, you'll see, like, rush in with his head up in the air uh and that that worked against like against Ihor Poteria but it's not going to work necessarily against somebody like Carlos Alberg who's got like a nice counter um I I actually think Alberg is probably going to touch his chin here and get the KO Alberg is the pick for you as well for me I I did like I said I I was thinking Nagamaranu because of the wrestling and stuff but as you said Alberg has shown he's pretty good at stopping um the wrestling and the striking is just just uh on another level um for actually most most opponents he's going to run into in the ufc it's at another level so uh give me alberg at a very nice number what i said minus 130 i believe so we will gladly take that not as nice as as it opened up as but um that's where the number falls as of now i still think it's it's a good number though on this fight prefer it to be a plus but nonetheless uh moving on bad and weights julio arce the aforementioned as i like to say the aforementioned julio arce Versus Montel, <clears throat> excuse me, Jackson. His nickname is not excuse me. That was me clearing my throat. His nickname is Quick. Um, <clears throat> Arce, no nickname. Um, maybe it'll be the Top Turtle Cursed. Arce will be the nickname. He's 18 and five, five knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once, five and three in the UFC. Over his last three fights, he has swapped losses and with wins. He's got loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. He did win his last fight. So he's due for loss, perhaps. Uh, 1-0 on the contender series. He has missed weight in the past. Uh, used to fight up at featherweight. He's now down at bantamweight. This is what? It's third or fourth fight of bantamweight. Is that right? In a row? I believe it's the fourth, but I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I think you are right. I think he already has three on his resume. Uh, he was the ring of combat champion at two weight classes. I think it was Bantamweight and Featherweight. 2012 was the pro MMA debut. He's more active landing strikes than Jackson is. He has outstruck his UFC opponents over his eight fights plus his contender series fight by 1.66 strikes per minute plus 175. Despite that sparkling resume, he's at plus money. Uh, quick, Jackson, 11 and two, six knockouts, one submission. He's five and two in the UFC. He's won two straight and five of six. He has been out of the cage since September of 2021. He has also missed weight in the past. He also was one and all in the contender series. So we got a couple of contender series guys here. Grads used to fight at featherweight, used to fight at light uh, weight. I almost said light heavyweight. That would be quite the jump. Uh, <laughs> three inches taller than RSA, five inches of reach, three years younger. He's outstruck his, Uf- his UFC opponents by 2.08 strikes per minute. Minus 215 is the number on him. I, I can't pick someone who's been on top turtle. Come on. That will go against everything I believe in. No, I'm I'm taking um, Montel Jackson. Arce is consistently inconsistent, as I wrote in my prediction article that you can read on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, um, I'm always taking the bigger, younger, better, and more dangerous striker, which is everything that Jackson is. So give me Montel Jackson in this one. So just as a reminder, last week uh, on the Top Turtle MMA podcast, Jake Hadley and Johnny Munoz both appeared. One, yeah, they, uh, they had easy matchups. One, one scored a sick triangle joke, and the other one 30-27 to his opponent quite easily. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's that's worth noting. Uh, that being said, I, I'm with you on this one. I'm taking Montel oh, Jackson. No. Yeah, the, the size is a big piece for me here. Like, the yes. fact that he's coming down in weight. Uh, and, you he's know, still, and he's still... Uh, 
the smaller man. That's the thing. Yeah. It's and, be frustrating. and the toughest part about Montel Jackson too, is that like, he's only losing fights that he is clearly at a wrestling disadvantage. Like if, if you go back and you look at all of his losses, which by the way, there's only two of them, it's Brett Johns and Ricky Simon. Right. And, and like both of those guys scored seven plus takedowns on Jackson. And yeah. if you look at all of the other guys he's fought combined, they've combined for three. Like the rest of the guys have combined for three. Those two guys both had seven and eight takedowns. So like when he can't defend a takedown, he has a tough time when he's the one scoring them or when he's the one able to keep it on the feet, if he does have a perceived advantage there, he just murders dudes. And I just don't see Arce as the guy who's going to bring like a grinding wrestling style to a guy like Montel Jackson. So yeah, I, I think Jackson cruises here. Oh, cruises. You're really digging that knife in deep on your, on your friend Julio Arce. But yeah, I agree. Jackson is the case. Hey, we can't be we can't be uh, playing favorites here. We, we got to pick him as we see him. So um, let's say about Winbet, ready to win money and boost your odds. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. The list seems to be getting longer and longer every time. Uh, we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on Winbet. Be on the lookout for the Winbet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During Winbet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on Winbet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at Winbet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There is so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to... This part I'll say slower. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. So they know we sent you that. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough and bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. <clears throat> Gumby and I are agreeing with one another thus far see if we're gonna have one of those episodes or not moving on to the next fight featherweights michael trezano you can call him mike also if you prefer versus sungwoo Choi. i will tell you about trezano the the lone wolf uh he is nine and three two knockouts two submissions he's been knocked out once submitted once he's three and three in the ufc however he's lost two straight and he's lost three of his last four he did lose via tko his last fight he was 2-0 on the Ultimate Fighter and ended up winning the season he was on. He's fight at lightweight. He's got multiple regional championships on his... Mantle. Yes, the first of the night. Uh, one low in Bellator. Striking stats are in his favor over Choi. However, he's been outstruck by his UFC opponents by 0.89 strikes per minute. Grappling stats are in his favor as well over Choi, plus 140. Sting, Choi. It's Sting. Uh, 10 and 5. Six knockouts. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. Three and four in the UFC. He has also lost two straight fights. He used to fight at Bantamweight, was a regional champion. He's got inch height, three inches reach on Trezano. He is he outstruck as UFC opponents by 0.32 strikes per minute, minus 165. Mr. Gumby? I'm going to go Sungwoo Choi on this one. Uh, and I was back and forth on this one, too. My, my biggest issue with Trezano is I, I think he's going to wind up being too hittable here against Sungwoo exactly. Choi. Yep. Yeah, he, he takes too many strikes. Um, you know, I, you look at that Lucas Almeida fight, which, by the way, 
we were in the uh, Discord, which, by the way, get in the Discord at uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com <laughs> yes, slash Discord. Last time he fought against Lucas Almeida, we were all in on the KO prop, which I think was some astronomical number for Lucas Almeida. And Almeida knocked him out because he got hit like 75 or 80 times. Hakeem Dawido jacking him up over 140 times. Like, he just gets hit too much. And Sung Wo Choi hits really hard. Um, he, he's not like a volume guy by any means, but like, if you allow him to hit you too many times, I, I think he's going to give you trouble. Um, and really like, you know, Sung Mu Choi has had a lot of problems with the grappling, you know, not to just go back to the Montel Jackson analysis here, but like he he's had trouble with people taking him down, right? Alex Caceres took him down and subbed him. Uh, you know, Gavin Tucker had a boatload of takedowns. Wolfsar Avloev is obviously a very powerful grappler. Like a lot of the guys who beat him have just beat him with like really heavy grappling approaches. And Trezano just doesn't really shoot takedowns or doesn't really shoot takedowns well, at least. So uh, I like Sung Woo Choi on the feet here. As do I, uh, as I wrote, um, I wrote exactly based uh, what Gumby said. Basically, Trezano just gets hit too much. Like, uh, as I mentioned, he gets hit more than than he uh, he strikes his opponents. And with a guy like Choi and a guy uh, like Troy with three inches of reach on him as well. Uh, and a guy who hits as hard as Troy. Yeah. You don't want to get hit too much by him. So give me Troy. This may be one that you want to take a, a knockout slash TKO prop. Look, look on at, if, look at this guy know. getting into the, on the I, prop. I said you may want to, I will not, <laughs> that, that, that will not be a recommended play. Prop, my recommended prop, plays are prop, guy. prop guy, Jeff Fox. <laughs> oh, Maybe that's, that's imagine that. <laughs> and in seven fight parlays, that's what that's that's what I'm gonna do in 2023. I'm turning over a new leaf. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be like every other uh, anonymous gambler out there. All right, women's straw weight. Carolina Koval Kh K. Oh, <laughs> never, almost, not once ever. <laughs> nope. Uh, I almost had um. Your co-host said it wrong too on Top Turtle, I believe. Right? He he said it. He had a good way of saying it too. So he was closer, I think. Kovokavich. Yeah, Koval, they, yes. second track. Kovakovic. Uh versus Savannah Gomez Juarez. I always get the Juarez and the Gomez mixed up when I'm trying to write her name. So um Gomez Juarez is the name. We're gonna tell you about her first. La Malvada. Do you remember what La Malvada is? It's the bad You're close. The the bad the evil woman. The wicked, yes. True. The wicked. Yeah. The wicked. Okay. Yep. All right. The the wicked is eleven and four. Seven knockouts, two submissions. That's a lot of knockouts for a uh, is this, this strawweight. Yeah, that's a lot of knockouts for a women's strawweight. Um, perhaps I'm tipping my hand. Uh, she's been knocked out once, submitted twice, one and two in the UFC. She did win via knockout her last fight after dropping her first two. Used to fight at flyweight, used to fight at bantamweight. 2010 was her pro MMA debut. Um, bum bum bum, four and zero as a pro boxer. She's got an inch of reach on double K, Carolina. Kovakovic. She has outstruck her UFC opponents by a quarter, a quarter of a strike per minute, so 0.25. Plus 100. Even money on her. This is another one where the lines have been bouncing around a lot. All right. Uh, Kovakovic, the former uh, title contender. 13-7. and seven, One knockout. Three submissions. She's been knocked out once, submitted twice. 6-7 and seven in the UFC. She's won one of her last six fights, and that was her last, her last fight where she won via submission. She was the KSW champion before this. Used to fight at Flyweight 2012. She's been a pro MMA fighter since. She's twice more active landing strikes than Gomez Juarez. However, she's been outstruck by her opponents by 0.21 strikes per minute in the UFC. Grappling stats are in her favor as well, minus 120. I'm getting, I'm getting with the dog here. Um, Savannah Gomez Juarez, even money. I'm taking her. 
I'm still not sold on Kalakovitz. She kind of was looked like she was going to retire, and <laughs> it looked like she should have retired. And what um, I, I know she won her last fight, but I'm still not still not sold on her. And Gomez Juarez hits extremely hard um, for a straw weight. So I, this is another one you may want to grab a prop on because I can see your TKO and uh, Kabakovitz for sure. But as of prop now, Gomez, guy. <laughs> Gomez Juarez is my pick. I'm a prop guy. He's a prop. He's a prop guy. Um, no, I'm going to differ with you on this one. I'm going to take oh, the okay. favorite. I'll take Carolina Kovalkiewicz. Here's why. I agree with you. Uh, Silvana Gomez Juarez hits really hard. She's really impressive with the hands, but I also think she's awful grappling. I, I think she's really bad. Um, yeah, shown that. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, like, I mean, we knocked Kovalkiewicz for a really long time. She had that really long losing streak. She beat J- or Felice Herrig. Retired. Five fight, five fight losing streak. Beat Felice Herrig again. Uh, that Those are her current last two wins. Yep. Um, and yeah, you're right. The second one retired Felice Herrig. But man, did she look like herself again in that last fight? She looked really sharp on the feet. She looked really hard to hit. She, you know, her submission game was back on point. Like, I think she's just a little bit too much of a step up for Gomez Juarez. And I'll say this, like, Gomez Juarez, not great at stopping takedowns. And anytime it hits the mat is in danger of being submitted. I, I also just think in general, Kovalkiewicz is like a little bit better defensively than anybody she's fought, right? Like, Gomez Juarez, you know, the the list of people she's fought are Na Liang, who, by the way, is like, what, 19 or 20 years old or something like that. Uh, Vanessa Demopoulos, who's not known as a striker, and, and even Lupi Godinez is not really a, much of a striker. You know, she's more of a, she's kind of turned more into a grappler. So I don't think she's faced anybody who is going to give her trouble on the feet. And I think Kovalkiewicz will at least make her work for it and get her off balance. And, and that's where she's going to score the takedown. All right. We've, uh, Gumby has made his first slip up. Excellent. But we need you to slip up at least once per card so I can beat you. So here we go. Your first slip up, Dan. Maybe, maybe this is, uh, maybe there's too many people saying that uh, Gomez Juarez is going to win via knockout. So maybe I'm on the wrong side here. Who knows? We shall see. We shall see. Moving on. You don't like me saying that you slipped up, do you? There's nothing. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying. What do you anger. want me? How do you want me to respond to that? You just this want me to say that. Anger. No, I can tell. Do it. You want me to do it like, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> You're fuming. You are fuming. <laughs> I can steam coming out of your ears. All right. No main event time, Dan. Kovalkiewicz. Yeah. Kovalkiewicz. Main event time, bud. Already. Of the early prelims. Ha ha. Lightweights. Matt Fravola, the aforementioned Matt Fravola versus Otman Azatar. We've got the steamroller versus the bulldozer. Amazing. You think that's why they made this matchup? Probably. I, I don't think that's why, but it's certainly a nice consequence. It sure is. This is another fight whose odds have uh, done some flip-flops. So we've had a few fights where the favorites have become the underdogs and vice versa. All right. We'll tell you about the steamroller Fravola first. Nine, three, and one. Two knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Three, three, and one in the UFC. He's one and two over his last three. However, the one was his last fight. He won his last fight via TKO. One no in the contender series. He has missed weight before. One no in the World Series of Fighting. The in the World Series of Fighting. Uh inch taller than Azatar. He's barely been outstruck. It's basically a push when it comes to striking with him. It's minus 0.04 is the strike differential between him and his UFC opponents thus far. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 100. The Bulldozer, Azetar, 13-0. 10 knockouts, 2 submissions, 2-0 in the UFC, both of them via knockout or TKO. However, he's not fought in over two years, September 2020, because um, he tried to sneak potatoes into Fight Island, right? That's, yeah, that's a yeah, short, that's long story potato, short. Nice potatoes. 
He's a potato <laughs> guy. He used to fight. He used to fight up at welterweight. Was a regional champion. Uh, striking stats in his favor, and he's two and a half times more active landing strikes than Farwell is. He's outstruck his UFC opponents, but oh, here's a number even bigger than what I mentioned earlier: six point six seven strikes per minute. He has outstruck his two UFC opponents. Minus one twenty, the number one as a tar, and it's you. So first of all, do you know who he was supposed to fight on Fight Island when he? Uh, uh, we spoke about this. That's why I do know Matt Frivola. Yeah, he was supposed to fight Matt Frivola. Weirdly enough, uh, and now it gets rebooked. I, I'm gonna go with Aziatar here. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the striking dog. That's why I'm upset now. Yeah, I, I saw that that number got flip flopped. It's kind of yeah. a bummer. Um, I, I think Atman is just gonna be a lot for him on the feet. Uh. Frivola did a really good job boxing last time out. I'm almost worried that he's going to get too comfortable with it. Um, Cause you're, you're, you know, he, he knocked out Gennaro Valdez last fight and that's, I, I mean, he knocked him down like four or five times, but like, he's not a boxer. Like the best stuff he does is his takedown game. He did it to Luis Pena. I mean, like people forget Matt Frivola beat Jalen Turner. Like he's got re- really good takedown game. But, like, Aziatar is a tough guy to take down, and he's so powerful with his strikes and so quick with his strikes. I just think he's going to be too much for Favola here. I agree, uh, Azar. He, just watch some highlights. The, the man, he, he just hits ridiculously, ridiculously hard. And if uh, Favola it's, it's probably those potatoes. Impossibly. He's got potatoes for hands, that's for sure. And if Favola thinks, you know, thinks, uh, reckons that he's a striker now, then, yeah, he's going to be... Sadly mistaken. So Azatar is the pick, and I'm very sad that it's not a underdog like it was when I when I did the original breakdown. But oh well, um, I'll take a win any way I can get it. Um, you know, what? another place you can win at is SGPN merch store because there's so much great stuff in there, especially the MMA gambling podcast gear and the Gumby God gear. So make sure you check out of that uh, and get all your holiday shopping done early at the SGPN merch store. SGPN gear is the perfect stocking stuffer for the degen in your life. Uh, from now until Thanksgiving, you can get 10% off when you use the promo code Dallas Sucks. It's D-L-L-A-S-S-U-C-K-S. Now, the hockey gambling guys say they must not be talking about the Stars. It must be the Cowboys. Gumby thinks it's the other way around. I think it must be the I think it must be the Stars. But the Cowboys do have Stars on their helmets, so who knows? Yeah, uh, I don't know. That, this is a tricky one. <laughs> it's true. Uh, that's store.sportsgamingpodcast.com, promo code Dallas Sucks. And it's not because our bosses are Giant and Eagles fans. Not at all. It's just a coincidence, of course. All right, we're moving on to the prelims. Oh, a favorite of our show. Middleweights, Andre Petrosky versus the Wellington Terman. Petrosky famously made us a lot of money. That was the last fight for him, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, when he beat like, Maximoff and we yeah. laughed our way to the bank because somehow Plus people 300? thought Maximoff was going to crush him. Yes. <laughs> Those days apparently are over. At least they are in this fight because he's not a underdog here. We'll tell you about Wellington Terman first. The prodigy. He's still young, so I guess we can still call him the prodigy. Um, once you start running for Senate and getting knocked out in, in bar fights and in Hawaii, then I don't think you should be named the prodigy any longer, right? I would agree with that. Yep. <laughs> okay. This is a different prodigy. This is Wellington Terman. 18 and 5. Four knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Three and three in the UFC. He's won two straight fights, last one via submission. He's fight at welterweight. He's five years younger than Petrosky. He's been outstruck over his UFC career by 1.08 strikes per minute. He is definitely more of a grappler than a striker. Plus 170, the number on him. Andre Petrosky, eight and one. Four knockouts, four submissions. So he's finished all of his fights. And he's been knocked out once, so he's never gone the distance in his nine fights by my math. 
three and zero in the UFC. The last two fights wins via submission. One won the Ultimate Fighter. He was like the number one guy headed into Ultimate Fighter that season, right? Uh, I, I was he not think so. Yeah, I think so. Probably like at least like out the gate, people thought he was towards the top. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's not lost since October of 2020. He used to fight at welterweight as well. He was a regional champion. He's got an inch of reach on Terman. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. He has outstruck his UFC opponents by 2.02 strikes per minute. Grappling as stats as well in his favor, minus 205. I got to go with Petrosky, not just because uh, we're fans, but um, this is a, this is definitely a step up, a, a tougher matchup for him. Um, considering he's been leading more on his his grappling as of late, he's going up against a very tough grappler. But I, I think Petrovsky can handle it on the feet or or on the mat wherever this fight takes place. So give me the chalky chalk in Petrovsky. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Petrovsky too. But I'm gonna be honest, I don't really love this play, and I don't really love no. this number. Um, no. You know, like gun to my head, I think he's probably the winner of this fight. But I have real concerns about his cardio in this fight. Um, cause Terman is a, a bigger dude and he's going to make Petrosky work for those takedowns. He's, he's going to make him work hard for those takedowns. So, you know, I, I know they, they measure as the same height, but like, man, dude, does Terman look a lot bigger than Petrosky when he's in there? I, I kind of yeah. think he does. And in addition to that, like, because he's so good at jujitsu, it certainly like gives you hesitation to be like, well, Petrosky's just going to take him down and control him there. Yeah. He's definitely going to take him down. Is he going to control him there? Is he going to work him over there? Ah, man, I don't know about that. And it, it worries me quite a bit. So, yeah, I'm going to say I like Petrosky to win this fight, but I am worried about his gas tank. I am worried about him late in the fight here. And I do think it probably gets to late in the fight. Yeah, uh, Petrosky is the pick as well for me, as I said. But, yeah, um, not sure if this will be a recommended play because – Minus two of five. That's not the type of number we want for Petrovsky. We like the big plus numbers for him. All right, moving on to another uh, person we like. Actually, I think we like both these people. Molly McCann and Aaron Blanchfield at women's flyweight is the next one up. I told you this is a banger of a card. Um, we will tell you about Molly. Meatball Molly McCann first. 13 and four, six knockouts. She's been submitted one time. Six and three in the UFC. She's won three straight fights. The last two via a uh, form of knockout or TKO. Um, she has missed weight in the past. She was the Cage Warriors champion before this. Um, what else can I tell you? Was a regional champion as well. She has outstruck her opponents by exactly one strike per minute in the UFC. She grappling stats are in her favor, um, but stats can be deceiving uh, sometimes. Plus three fifteen. <laughs> Don't like the plus three fifteen either. Um, cold blooded Aaron Blanchfield. She is cold blooded. Nine and one, two knockouts, two submissions. Never been finished in a fight. Three and zero in the UFC. Won her last few via submission. She's won six straight fights. She's not lost since February of 2019. She probably would have been, what, 12 years old then or something? She's, she's a young one. 4-1 in Evicta. Was a BJJ champion. Four inches of reach of McCann. Nine years younger um, than McCann. That's one of the stats I told you in uh, past episodes. It's one of the stats that tracks the highest for predicting the winner. Fighters who are at least five years younger than their opponent. Um, win 64% of the time. So that's something to keep in mind here. Um, and I think that's more the case when we're talking about lighter weight classes as well, like this one. Uh, Bonachfield has outstruck her UFC opponents by 3.19 strikes per minute, minus 415. Another line that I don't think we're fans of. I actually, I, I mean, I, I think it's probably lined correctly. I'll yes. say that. Like, I, I don't think this one is wrong. Whereas I, I think like Andre Petrovsky has less than a two to one chance here at winning his fight. Um, 
or a, a one to two rather uh, chance of winning his fight. I, I do think, you know, Aaron Blanchfield beats Molly McCann. What, you know, what's the implied odds on that? Like 89% or something like that. I, I do yeah. think she beats her that often. Um, So like, I, I think the line's fine. I, I'm not chomping at the bit to play a negative 425 or what did you say from negative four? 415. Yeah, negative 415. I'm not chopping at the bit to play a negative 415 favorite, but like, yeah, Aaron Blanchfield should take Molly McCann down here and control her. Molly, of course, has the boxing advantage, and we've seen yeah. Blanchfield like struggle a little bit with like people who are good boxing. But it, it really like the thing with Aaron Blanchfield is it takes one slip up and she subbed you and it's over. Um, she's yeah. so good on the mat. It's like, you know, it's it, it's like a more competent boxing Ryan Hall. Uh, she's just like that kind of finisher. She, once it hits the mat, it's over. Um, and, and, you know, like Molly McCann got subbed by, uh, Jillian Robertson. I don't know if you remember that it was her UFC yep. debut. Yep. It was in London. Um, and like, you know, obviously that time's fast and yeah. Molly McCann has progressed since then. But at the end of the day, uh, she has a hole in her grappling. She's a boxer and she's up against maybe one of the best grapplers in the division. So yeah, give me, give me Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah. We've been talking a lot probably since the, or this podcast actually was born, uh, how McCann's been fed a lot of nice matchups recently and, and she's taken advantage of it, uh, going three and oh, finishing everyone. But yeah, as I, uh, I'm just spitting out exactly what I wrote. Uh, this is, this is where it ends. Uh, Blanchfield's too good for her. Um, so she's the pick and, uh, unlike Ryan Hall, she's still really, really young. So we could see, you know, leaps and bounds in the improvement in her striking and any other holes she may have. So uh, Blanchfield is going to be my pick for this one for sure. Light heavyweights. This one was a tougher one for me to pick. Dominic Reyes versus Ryan Spann. I will tell you about Superman Span first. 20 and 7. Five knockouts, 12 submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted twice. Six and two in the UFC. He's got a loss win, loss win over his last four. He won his last fight via submission. He was 1-0 in the contender series, was the LFA champion, as well as the regional champion. He's fight at middleweight, inch of height, two inches of reach, and two years younger than Reyes. He's barely been outstruck in the UFC. It's minus 0. 0.06 strikes per minute he's been outstruck by. Grappling stats are in his favor over Reyes, plus 175. The Devastator, Reyes, 12-3, and three, seven knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out twice, 6-3 and three in the UFC. However, the three have losses have come in his last three fights. And the last two of uh, the losses have come via knockout or TKO. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's not won a fight since October of 2019. Striking and active striking stats are in his favor over span. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.04 strikes per minute. Minus 215 is the number on him. Um, I really don't like taking a guy on a three-fight losing streak who's been knocked out two straight fights, especially at minus 215. But I am going to take Reyes here. The three people he lost to, John Jones, Jan Blakovitz, Yuri Prohashka, so all champions or future champions. So, and Span is not really known for he he, he does has gets gets some TKOs occasionally, but he's not really known for his heavy hands. He's more of a grappler. So I'm hoping Reyes will be able to stay safe in this one. Obviously, if he gets sparked out here, then that means his chin is gone, and we will auto fade Dominic Reyes going forward. But uh, I'm still going to pick him in this fight, and we'll see if he's shot or if he just went up against three straight killers. 
All right, I, I'm really fucked up here for a second. Did you say his name nickname is the Devastator? It's not the yeah. Dominator. <laughs> I, I I think it changed actually uh, for real. Uh, it it better have. It? Like, wasn't it the no, Dominator? The Devastator. It's, yeah, I believe it was because Dominic. It makes sense, but it's uh, at least according to Wikipedia, the Devastator. Sometimes Jokers get on there, so that that man. sounds wrong. Because um, I, I, I it didn't sound wrong until you brought it up. But yes, I'm almost positive it used to be the Dominator. Um. All right, on that note, uh, I'm going dog here to close the show. I'm taking Ryan Spann. Um, you know, you, you mentioned... I thought long and hard about this. I, re- yeah. I had a question mark. I was going to take Spann myself. Yeah, it, it, and here's the reason why I'm going with... And I'm pulling the trigger. You're right. He he has fought better strikers. Yuri Prohoshka, Jan Blakovic, better strikers than Ryan Spann. But I think we've also mentioned this time and time again. Getting knocked out isn't a zero-sum game. Yep. It is a cumulative buildup. Uh, so, like, after being sparked two times in a row, he is up against the guy who hits pretty darn hard. In fact, like, Ryan Spann has even some, like, really good, like, fights where he's tagged a guy and then subbed him. Um, and, and, like, you know, if you want to go back, his his kicks are really impressive, too. Yep. Like, I, I think he's got the ability to finish him on the feet here. And moreover... I, I think what he did to Ian Kudalaba on the mat last time is just like, it, it's such like a, a positive, I've got like such a positive view of what he's doing there because he got up each and every time Ian Kudalaba tried to take him down. And then he wound up in the better position in the grappling. I, I just love that for him. I, I love that he turned that, that corner. He was really beating Johnny Walker up on the mat that way until he, you know, he caught some weird elbows. I think it was, um, I think Ryan Spann's got a bunch of advantages here. I can't imagine taking Dominic Reyes at that kind of negative number. So, yeah, give give me the big plus money on Spann. Yeah, no, I uh, like I said, I thought long and hard about this as well. Um, I ended up going with Reyes, but like I said, he could be a auto fade guy going forward. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Actually, you're not ending the show with that. We have another fight, Dan. We have we have another main event, a prelim main event. Lightweights, Brad Riddell versus Hanato Moicano. You don't want to forget about those guys. Man, yeah. that's that's still on the prelims, too. It Incredible. Well, for now, well, you, you expect the fights to fall off, so perhaps it won't be. Um, all right, I'm going to tell you about Brad Quick Riddell first. He's 10-3 and three with five knockouts. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. He's 4-2 and two in the UFC. He lost the two losses came in his last two fights, both via finish. He's been finished twice in a row. That means uh, used to fight at welterweight, was regional champ, a kickboxing champ. Oman is a boxer, so not a champ there. Two years younger than Moicano. He is outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.17 strikes per minute, plus 105 the number on Riddell. Hanato Moicano, 16, 5, and 1, nine submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once. Eight and five in the UFC. He's done three and two over his last five. He did lose his last fight. He used to fight at Featherweight. 2010, he's been a pro MMA fighter since. He's got four inches of height on Riddell, but only one inch of reach. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.73 strikes per minute. Grappling stats are in his favor over Riddell, minus 125. And we'll let you go first. I'm going to take Moicano here. Okay. Uh, I, I wasn't quite sure about this one. Uh, it's tough for me because Riddell, ah, man, like Riddell has mixed in his grappling enough to be kind of impressive from time to time. Um, like, you know, I, I liked his takedowns against Drew Dober. Those look really good. Um, other other times he's looking maybe not so good on the mats. Moicano, since coming up to 155, I, I think has looked really impressive. Um, you know, obviously the loss to Fiziev 
didn't go his way, but like he he was looking competent in that until he eventually got tagged by Moika or uh, Faziev, and like you know to that same token, Brad Riddell got taken down by him. I think I trust Moicano's distance management a little bit better. I like his leg kicks a little bit better. I don't know that this turns into a grappling match. And if it does, I, I think I like his sub skills better. Th- this one is a huge question mark for me. One I'm probably staying away from altogether. But, you know, the the gun to my pit, head pick here is I think I'm going to take Hanato Moicano. The gun has been coming out a lot this episode on Gumby. There's this a lot of tight I, fights. There's been a lot of stick ups with Dan. Uh, Dan's getting stuck up a lot here. Uh, this is another one I was flip flopping on. I ended up siding with Riddell because, you know, I got to side with the striker more often than not. Um, but it's not just striking. As he said, the, he's been he's been uh, putting the grappling in uh, just as much as the striking. In fact, uh, if, if you want to, like I said, stats can be misleading sometimes, but his Moicano and Riddell, their striking and grappling stats are pretty much similar. And actually, Riddell is more active landing landing takedowns and and um, doing the stuff on the on the grappling end of things. So, and and, and he hits way harder than Moicano. So I'm going to go with the dog. I'm taking another dog. Gummy's not taking a dog. So imagine that. I will take Brad Riddell here. So I took a dog last fight. I know, but I took a dog here <laughs> oh, and you okay. didn't. Oh, That's okay. You, you mean on this specific one? Yes. Exactly. Yes, correct. This specific one. All right. Let's quickly, before we get out of your holes, tell you our picks. I have Riddell. He has Moicano. I have Reyes. He has Span. We both have Blanchfield. We both have Petrosky. Moving on to the early prelims, we both have Azatar. Uh, I have Gomez Juarez. He has Kovokavitz. He being Gumby. Uh, we both have Troy. We both have Jackson. We both have Alberg. Does that sound right? Yeah, that means you have more dogs than me on the prelims. Look at Let that. Me, really? Is that how that is that how it works out? I didn't even count here. I have. Yeah, one. you had two, and I had one. Wow! Imagine that. I would have, we would have had more, but Azatar uh, messed up, messed it up. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of fluid lines. Uh, so if you see a line you like, I say jump on it while well, you can, because uh, like I said, there's a lot of. As I said, the lines are really fluid and jumping all over the place. So um, favorites are turning into dogs and vice versa. And who knows? It's crazy, Dan. It's crazy. Um, all right. We're going to get out of your ear holes now. Uh, make sure you get in the discard. As we said, you can follow us on Twitter as well. Uh, until while well, Twitter still exists, uh, it's SGPN MMA. Gumby runs that account. I'm at Jeff Fox writer. He's at Gumby Reeland. Read our stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Listen to top turtle MMA podcasts and Gumby hosts. Uh, and enter my pick'em contest and read all my other good MMA stuff at moneymma.substack.com. So we will be back on Thursday to break down the main card and give you props and parlays and recommended plays and all that fun stuff. Until uh, that time, I will remain the devastator, Jeff Fox. Gumby will remain the prodigy, Gumby Reeland. And we'll see you on Thursday. Or we'll see your ear holes, at least. Bye.